I think anytime you're able to get really clear on your niche and, you know, who you serve, who your ideal client is, the easier, easier it's going to be to speak directly to them, the easier it is going to be to tailor everything that you share and like how you show up to them specifically. Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Fat Cats. I hope you're hanging in there during this coronavirus season. Uh, I know I've been, it's going into week two, week three of the stay at home season, whatever it's called, stay at home, stay safe. But for this episode, I am super excited. I interviewed Mary Doherty, and so I've known Mary now for well over 10 years. She did our engagement shoot. She is an amazing photographer, and it was just so much to be able to sit down with her. I had originally, when she was starting off, filmed, yeah, filmed, we'd, I'd filmed the video for her in exchange for the engagement shoot. And, and it's been so much fun for me to follow her, see the progress she's been making, and to be able to reconnect. It had been a while since we'd, we'd talked, and it was just a blast being able to get a sense for where she's at as a photographer, how she's grown, and how she's now also transitioning to, to not only doing photography, wedding photography, but also doing coaching as well. And she has an amazing weekend for photographers where she takes them out to the Adirondacks, uses real couples to just go over what it's like to shoot together and get some amazing images for their portfolios. But in this episode, she just really knocks it out of the park in terms of helping point to different things that you can be doing now, that everyone can be doing now during this time when they're shut in and focusing on, on themselves. So a few of the things were just being able to hone in on your niche. Now, I know I've talked about this before, but being able to know who your ideal client is and the more that you understand their problems, the easier it will be for you to speak to them directly. And it's also just so much about being able to show up. So a few th steps that you can do right now that she points out to are clarify who you are. Everyone's at home right now. Take some time to figure out who you are, what you want to be doing, and then to show up, just show up wherever your audience is meeting right now, show up for them. And then three, schedule virtual coffee dates with people. Just say that you'd like to connect with them with where they're at right now, because the truth is everyone's at home right now, or at least they should be, unless they're, you know, essential, you know, police, medical, but people, have this common thing is that everyone is figuring out what the new normal looks like. And so now is the perfect time to reach out to those people and connect with them. But so without further ado, here's my podcast with Mary Doherty that I was just was so excited to record. Hey, Mary Doherty, thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's great having you. I know you're someone that I've, uh, you know, really looked up to your work uh, ever since, I guess I knew you wow, since back in what, when That's did you start? 2008. So <laughs> back when people like yeah. did stuff and moved places and took pictures of people outside of their houses, <laughs> seems like forever ago. <laughs> it does. I know. Isn't that crazy? And that start is like so interesting too, because I love that we're talking now and we can be like, oh my gosh, we knew what, what it was like in the beginning. You know, yeah, you yeah. kind of have followed things. So yeah, definitely. I mean, it was basically really kind of started off I mean, so you started off, when was your, when was your first wedding? I guess that's going back to that question. 2008 is when I officially started. I, you know, shot a wedding or two with people before then. Um, but that was really when I started my business. I marketed myself. I got my first like five weddings and was like, I'll do anything. I just want to, I just want to work. Just want to work. Yeah. And I think everyone just starts off with, uh, you know, doing, doing anything. And mm -hmm. yeah, well, I, I think I, at one point I had listened to one of your live, live, um, 
streams and you were talking about how you you knew someone who wanted to was hired to like take a picture of a tree i think it was oh my gosh. Um, you know who this person is and i'm not i do say okay it. oh yeah. come on we, we can censor that this part person out. interned for me oh, okay um, because i actually had like I probably had maybe four or five interns because I've always lived near colleges, which is kind of a good thing. It is so, great because co colleges because are husband, a great source of, they of are. interns. It's, yeah, it's it's awesome to kind of, you know, mentor people through wherever they're at because usually they're like figuring out, is this something I want to do? You know, am I interested in running my own business? What's it like? Um, but my husband's always worked at colleges. So anyways, one of my interns was like, I took a picture for someone and they wanted me, they paid me to take a picture of a tree. And I just feel like I totally sold my soul. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it was hilarious um, because I think we can all relate to having done work where we're like, this is not what I'm most passionate about. But when I'm starting, I'm You'll doing do, what do I anything. can. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing is you always want to keep keep moving, keep doing stuff uh, early on. I think at one point I took a picture of like someone's paintings, I think it was because they <laughs> wanted to have it in a calendar. And so I don't know why I didn't realize that they have scanners for that sort of thing where you could just put the uh, put your painting on like a scanner and then just scan it. But, it, yeah. but they wanted to make a calendar. Um, and, and it was right when I was getting, it was right when I was getting into to figuring out how to use Lightroom too. I, so I from, remember using in the Lightroom, I was using my old, uh, IBM laptop that I think really struggled, uh, with mm -hmm. the raw photos, uh, you know, I mean, this is, you know, back, oh yeah, I, mean, I used over, to edit over 10 raw photos like one by one in Photoshop, <laughs> in Photoshop. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Because yeah. there wasn't Lightroom. There was no there Lightroom. Was, there wasn't, there was only bridge and there was. Where, you can, where I could basically star my photos and say, this one's good and this one's bad. Yeah. And like, oh, well, that's helpful. Uh, I spent so many hours on like, which is why now I'm like, no, I can pay someone to edit my photos because in my opinion, creating like my brand, you know, signature work, images that like speak to who who I am, it it doesn't mean that I have to be sitting behind a computer for hours. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're also there and you're taking, so it's not like, and it's also non-destructive editing. So you can always go in and make adjustments. Right. It's oh, not, yes. It's not yes. like you're saying, I want you to take my images and then create JPEGs and then, you know, completely irreversibly alter them. So now that makes right. sense. Yeah. Great. So, sorry. So I know it's fun. It's always fun just chatting with people who started, you know, back in that space where you can reminisce about like mm -hmm. you know, struggles of technology where, where it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's so much fun. It's, I think maybe it's because especially right now we're both stuck in our homes uh, with, you know, COVID. It's like there's a nostalgia yeah. for the world that, that was, you know, <laughs> it's true. Take me back to like three weeks ago. <laughs> I know three weeks ago when we like met and hung out with people and it feels so long ago. Um, yeah, but life has drastically changed most definitely. for some more than others, but yeah, yeah, most definitely. Well, well, let's go back. So I know you started your business, you know, 2008 and then, you know, what was that process like of doing with this lifestyle or, or weddings? And I know this isn't, you know, just about photography. We are going to, I do want to jump in later more of the business and what it was like for you to, to take a base of what you had and be able to kind of grow it into mm -hmm. something else, more of a, more of a teacher, more of a you know coach for photographers. But what was that process like of starting off and finding your first clients? Like, how did you grow things sure. back in the 2008 in that, that space? 
So first, can I just give people an overview of oh, where yes. I am right now? Absolutely. Yeah. Where, where are you right so, now? So, okay. This is my 12th year and I photograph 15 weddings a year, basically. Um, I live like way far away from pretty much everybody. I live Which is nice right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's nice to not be in a city. That's so true. Um, so basically I've always had my business and lived in a remote place. Like that's not a new thing for me, but you know, now I have a workshop that's the third year that I'm hosting it. And, you know, I do a mix of like education for photographers and shooting. So that's kind of where I've come to. But when I started, you know, I was like most people just trying to shoot as much as I could trying to get the word out. And I focused on weddings. And I think pretty quickly, I started to narrow in on a specific kind of wedding rather than doing too many extra like random pictures or shoots and show all of that. Like maybe I did that on the side, but anything that I shared to kind of get my brand out there was similar. You know, I was trying to build a, a, a stronger brand identity basically. So started in New York, moved to Virginia in 2009, moved back to New York. You know, moving is always like, so challenging when you own a business, but I've also found that it can really push you to kind of like make those new connections and, you know, reach out in new ways. And even though, you know, there was a lot of travel in some sense, it helped my business grow because I was like in a totally new market going back and forth. And I went from, you know, just this general area in New York to, okay, now like, Virginia and I'm going to go to Florida and, you know, living in a place where I had to travel kind of forced me, but it, again, it's a choice. Like I just knew I was going to travel to make this happen. So it's different from, you know, kind of like staking, um, like putting a stake in the ground and saying like, I'm a photographer just for this area and I only want to work here. So that might just be a difference in like type of, photography and type of brand you want to build but i think it's a decision that early on can really impact where you go yeah so. and you and you made the decision to say i'm not gonna i'm gonna go for a specific type of work rather than yeah. own a certain geographic area exactly uh, well especially i guess being back going back to to western new york i mean yeah you, you probably were a little bit limited if you had tried to say i'm gonna stake the western new york oh market. my gosh <laughs> it was like almost nobody there except for us Yep. <laughs> in the beginning. Um, yeah. So like it was great to, you know, have my husband working at a college, have like a network of people, but at the same time go places. If yeah. I only wanted to work in one area, I would be limited. I think the other thing is if I had wanted to do work for everybody, I would have been limited in how much I could grow and how much I could charge later on, right? Like you can't be everything to everyone and expect to be seen as an expert. Yeah, so I am really curious to see how you kind of frame that. As you said, if I had, I couldn't grow if I tried to be everything. So do you find that it was easier for you to grow because you decided to like narrow in and, you know? Oh, for sure. Down? Yeah, I think anytime you're able to get really clear on your niche and you know who you serve who your ideal client is the easier easier it's going to be to speak directly to them the easier it is going to be to tailor 
everything that you share and like how you show up to them specifically, right? Because they'll see the photos you post, like how you talk and just know like this person understands me. Like they are speaking clearly to the problems I have and to, you know, how I want to be seen and photographed. Um, so I don't know if that's like too much of a tangent, but. No, no, that's absolutely. I mean, because I think that's a thing, especially as you look at more and more people are getting into whether it's, you know, photography or marketing of any kind that mm-hmm. really, you, and so it's tempting to say, oh, I could do all of this stuff. But what we're finding mm-hmm. is that people who really stand out and are able to, you know, cl- kind of stake a claim are those who really have a, a narrow focus, you know, on things. Um, yeah. But, but through that process of, of kind of like staking the, staking the claim, you know, what, what were the tools used? Cause you almost have to stake a claim, but be a journalist and understand how different, you know, processes work and stuff like that. And I noticed that early on, you did kind of develop the process of, a, of, a, of an email list and making sure you're in contact with people. But what was that balance for you between as you're growing email versus Facebook and what yeah. were those tools? Okay. That you so used? you, that's nice of you to say, but the truth is I actually didn't build an amazing list right off the bat. That's something that I wish I had put more time into early on. Like the way that I really grew because we didn't have as much social media back then was through blogging. So I was like probably three to five times a week I was blogging and I was posting more quantity over quality. That's not to say that like, I didn't have great images in every post. It's just that like, that's the way that I could show up regularly and people could kind of check in and see like, Oh, she put up, you know, new pictures from this wedding. She wrote about, I would like post recipes and stuff like that. So people could connect with me over something other than just here's these pictures that I took, which I think is important because if you are only putting your work out there and saying like, see how I'm different, like, like me, like, are we the same connect with me, but you don't have any personality to your brand or your business. It's harder to get to know someone. Would you agree with that? No, no, definitely. Yeah. And well, even on kind of a side note, I know whenever I go to, uh, like, let's say I'm trying to make some breakfast food of the day or something. I've been on a scone kick recently. Mm-hmm. And whenever the recipes that always show up, they're always the ones that have a lot of other you know information just because also Google likes having those words. It's more likely to yes. engage longer. And you do get a, a little bit of sense. I'm mean, usually I'm just kind of skimming through to the, to the recipe. But totally. But the yeah, algorithms can... are set for people who put more more content out there in terms of text. Right. Yeah. It's a balance of like having the content that is going to get seen and that you know is going to do well and also being able to show up and build enough of an audience based on who you are right and like and have what you like and your preferences you. yeah yeah so blogging kind of started that out and then i've incorporated obviously and like shifted things but and i i blog very differently now than i did back then but it did help me establish some authority and just get an audience who would check in and, and see what I was up to. Okay. No, cause, cause I do feel that trends very much shift in terms of what you know, people said, you know, back in the day and what were the, when was the period that you first started blogging and, and what was that time frame like for that was right away. I would say the first five years, if you went to the archives, of my blog, okay. <laughs> you would find some gems. I think I've kept most of it up there. I mean, you might um, as well, unless it's embarrassing or criminating, you might as well keep it there. <laughs> 
but yeah, so I just started right away. Like I want to consistently show up and share. Right. So I think with any net, like social media network or, you know, if you're going to do YouTube or podcasting or Instagram, you need to have some consistency so that people can know where to find you and know what they're going to get. And so, you know, I've shifted that a little bit more to Instagram, but now I incorporate blogging for strategic SEO purposes, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so what, when, and when did you find that blogging kind of shifted a little bit going? Got it. Um, what like time period? Yeah, I would say in probably in 2012, 2013. So that's when I was in New York. Uh, my daughter was born in 2013. And so having a baby, as you know, changes it does, yeah. pretty much everything. <laughs> yep. I was like, blogging is not as important to me. Like I just, I couldn't keep up with it the same way. And it wasn't necessarily as integral in keeping my business running. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And how much do you think it was because you'd already developed a, a, like a, a core following? Yes. To a certain extent. I think that's for sure. Like I had a base. It wasn't, it was totally different from, you know, starting a business and then saying, okay, I'm not going to show up at all because I did have people who knew me. I had a good network, both of clients, of, you know, vendors and, you know, all those different circles that feed you work, like you need to maintain those relationships. Um, and I could do that in other ways outside of blogging. It just turned out to be like, well, Instagram, Facebook, like there's so many things to do. You can't do them all. And I started to figure out what is actually essential to me at that time. Now, and, and what did you find was actually essential to you kind of around that time frame? I would say taking really good care of my clients was essential, you know? Okay. So if I'm getting um, most of my work as referrals or even 50%. So I would say right now, like about half of my weddings come from, you know, past clients, people who have followed me through the years, all of that stuff. So I want to have some kind of presence so that people can know what's going on. Um, but taking really good care of my clients is going to give me the best results when it comes to like having work in the future. No, definitely. Well, well, cause it, it almost seems like th there can be different phases, you know, with business where it's, you know, mm -hmm. first kind of getting yourself out there, developing some sort of base. Uh, yeah. cause I know, for example, on my end on, on the video side of things, just video production, I was at the spot where, you know, I could probably not post anything on any kind of social media, but just maintain like a yep. key set of relationships with people, you know, uh, of clients. And they would kind of between a, like a handful of people, they would consistently mm -hmm. send work over the course of you know time. And then you know, obviously occasionally reaching out to new people. Um, but there, but there was kind of that face for the base for the production side of things. But then as I've kind of shifted a little bit more towards, you know, doing more strategy work and actually studying what it looks like for people who are using video and, and, the, and the shifts that happen and how you can use video and audio to kind of creating a base. All of a sudden I'm realizing, oh my, the base that I had for video isn't necessarily the one that's going to be more interested in, in strategy and kind of cultivating. Right. And so, it's, but it's interesting seeing that you can have businesses at different stages and what yeah. works at one stage, you know, to get started, 
once you build a base, you don't necessarily have to do those same things over and over again. So it sounds like you almost kind of reached a base um, where you had a good core following and then could almost like step back and focus on maintaining mode almost. Is that, is that a good kind of, but, but at the I same mean, time I still think, growing. Yeah. I think for me looking back, I'm like, yes, that is the strategy I should have had. But when you're in, well, when you're in it, of, yeah. having a newborn and trying to keep up with everything, you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so overwhelming. And I think I could have done things to help my audience know this is where I want you to move or like, this is how I want you to act. Um, and I think it just, it took me a longer time to figure that out versus if you went into it knowing, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to switch the way I show up and have it be less frequent, but more engagement. I'm going to add in this email list so that everyone just knows, you know, exactly what I'm doing and they go there for their information instead of trying to find me on social media. Right? Like there's ways that you can, guide people to the place that you want to show up. Um, I guess all that to say, like, I, I don't want it to sound like I just like took my foot off the pedal and was like, everything's still fine. Yeah. So, you know? so, so probably so and looking back, it probably seemed more like a, well, especially after having a baby, you're just trying to like survive mode almost. Mm -hmm. um, so, so in some ways it sounds like you were probably just trying to survive, get things going. But in hindsight, if you, you could describe it, it was almost like, stepping back a little bit, but at, at the time you yes. maybe weren't aware of what was happening. It's true. So, I mean, honestly, having kids has been amazing for multiple reasons, right? Kids are amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's a ton of work, but it's good because it forces you to recognize what's important. And I am the kind of person who like has a million ideas and wants to do all of them. But you, but you can't. In a sense, but I can't, right? So if I'm like, I know that I want to grow my business. I love working, um, but I have limited time to do that. There's nothing like having kids that's going to force you to figure out like, what can I do in this limited amount, amount of time? So I think that's the takeaway for people, whether you have kids or not. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing to have less time. I think you just have to get really clear on what is it that you need to do to make an impact? You know, where... What are the three steps for today or for this quarter or for this year that would actually make a difference for you and your business? So. No, definitely. Yeah, because I think you're right. When you can't do everything, it's like you have to identify what are those main things that are that are important. So so for you, it, this is you looking back in hindsight, you know, on during that mm -hmm. time. What were those some of those things that really actually made a difference that, you know, now looking back on that 2013 period? Yes. Yes. So for me, there were a few key changes that I made um, that have really like brought me to where I am today. So it's kind of like the first few years I was just like, build, 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 you know, work, work, work. And I probably could have condensed that time into more growth if I had made some of these changes earlier. Right. So deciding to raise prices and to just like value my time and my work that I do and kind of like increase that even more. I mean, that has allowed me to shoot less and charge more. And I think everybody's a little bit afraid of, I mean, money is just scary for most people to talk about, right? Or to say like, this is how much I charge. This is what I you know, want you to pay. But I think when you're able to see the time you put in, 
see the value of your, you know, your work and the fact that like, you're not doing this as a hobby. Like I was coaching someone this probably in January, I think we had our call and she was like, I'm afraid to raise my prices. And she said that like right after saying, my accountant said I didn't make any money last year. And I'm like, this is literally the sign you need to raise your prices. I know. <laughs> you're not doing this for free. Yes. Like there's no one is expecting you to do this for free. Don't expect yourself like raise the bar. Like it's okay to say, yes, this is how much I need to be paid so that I can, you know, pay my bills, pay and, bills and have a job. Have a job. Yep. But I feel like as photographers, we tend, and maybe it's a creative thing. Maybe it's a photographer thing, but everybody's just a little bit more afraid of that conversation, afraid of valuing themselves and afraid of, you know, actually committing to doing this, right? Because it's scary to say, this is who I am. I'm a photographer. You can pay me this. I'm good at it, right? No, Would it is. Well, especially when there is, yeah, when it's in the kind of creative space. And I think it applies to almost anyone who is, who kind of operates in that mix between are you an artist? Are you a business? And, and it's always that kind of that in your both, but at times mm -hmm. it's, it's a little tricky understanding, you know, which hat am I wearing? And it is hard saying this is the value of my work and putting it out there and just saying, no, this is what I need to charge to, to make it because there is that sentiment where people kind of ask you, I mean, I, when was the last time, I, but a few times I've had people ask me like, no, oh, so is this like a hobby or like, I'm not, no, this is my full-time thing, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And this was, it wasn't that long ago that someone asked me yeah. that. Um, oh, totally. saw me with a camera. And so in some ways there's almost that expectation of that some people. There is. Because there's a lot of people right who wrong, do it as a hobby. There are. There's a lot of people who have a full-time job and then do this on the side. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think, you know, I, I do feel like I would love as part of just my mission in life to help other photographers who want to have a full-time job, like let's raise the bar. Let's all like not be afraid of saying this is what it takes in order to have a real job and figure out what it looks like for you. Cause it's going to be different for every person. I, you know, I don't think it's exactly the same, but yeah, just kind of like have a, a, a higher standard of like, yeah, it's okay to, to ask to be paid and to everybody who's doing it as like a side hustle, that's awesome. But they probably secretly want to do what this a transition full time. And you know, they're not going to get there if they are just like coasting and, you know, being okay with whatever. I don't, I don't know. I'm not ex explaining it clearly. Yeah, right no, because but... it does take a certain extent of saying, this is like what I'm doing. This is where I want to go. And yes, I do need to charge, you know, these prices. Right. And, and they can back that up with knowing the numbers too. So understanding exactly. what, what that's And like. I think, yes, that is, that's the thing that will bring you the most clarity. It's not just like pulling it out of a hat and then being confident. Like you're going through, okay, this is what it, takes to pay live. for life. This is what it takes to pay for my gear or whatever my, expenses my you taxes, have. And then my you retirement. Can, exactly. Exactly. Then you're like, I feel good about this. If worst comes to worst, like, and I do go work at Starbucks, I'm going to feel okay about that because I knew I tried to make this happen. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so going back then, so 2013, you kind of, you did transition a little bit. Yes. To, yes. to then saying, I need to do those things that are 
a little more essential, raising prices, mm-hmm. you know, do, shooting yeah. less, charging more. And then what else did you find in that transition? Yeah. With I mean, Mary this 2. could 0. be a longer story. Yeah. It was kind of that year, well, a few years of my daughter being born and then my son being born, my husband leaving his job. So it was just me providing for our whole family and kind of walking that line of like, how much do I want to work? How much, you know, like, what does this look like? Like when you're actually faced with like, I'm the breadwinner I'm providing. I mean, you can get clear a lot quicker than you can working a full-time job and being like, how am I ever going to do this? So it's not like before then my job wasn't real. It was, it's just that whenever you have change, which I think this relates to now, right? Absolutely. So we're all like Everyone is in changing. This, yes. The world has changed. We are forced to look at things and be like, is this what I want life to be? Is this what I want my business to be? Is this how I want to show up in the world? Do I want to be the person who is at home scared thinking that it's never going to get better? Or do I want to be the person who is encouraging everybody to do something new and that it's going to get better and it's going to be okay. Like bad things can happen. And that does not mean that good things won't happen in the future. Um, so yeah, we had a very intense period of dealing with a lot of stuff, growth in our lives as a family. And that, that was back then. And so we worked through so much. And again, I'm like running my business through this and figuring out, okay, I have to charge more. I need to be clearer about who I am. I need to show imagery that is going to really attract a higher end client, you know? And I think there's, there's steps to do that. Obviously, like identifying who those people are, really being specific about how you show up and what you share, pushing yourself to, you know, create better work, whether it's at the jobs you already have, or it's at shoots that you set up for yourself to grow. But I think the key is like, you're not staying still. You are pushing for more, you are challenging yourself, and that really never ends, right? Like you never get to a point where you're like, hooray, I totally made it. I did the thing and I'm done. I'm done, no. (laughs) You are still gonna keep going, and I think that's encouraging too, because you know, you just know like, we're all in this together and we can keep moving forward. No, that, that, that is really helpful because I think you're right that you always have to be pushing yourself to what extent, you know, growing, figure out your niche, doing the, the, that internal work, you know, mm-hmm. before you know how to share, share what, you know, what right. you're doing, you know, with the world. And I think you're right that it, it takes, uh, in some ways it can take pressure to, to force yourself because it is yes. easy to, to, to coast when everything is easy, when there's no, you know, problems going on. Mm-hmm. And, and in some ways you can get by with being, you know, kind of more yes. in terms of having things be mediocre when there's free movement of people, more money right. is going around. But then when, yes, a problem does come, that's when you really have to buckle down and do the work. And that's why in a certain extent, I think, you know, this period with the coronavirus is it's a great opportunity for doing some of that internal work as people, you know, we're not going out there and meeting people and shaking hands and, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people are stuck at home, but it is a good time to think through. Yeah. Like you're saying, like, you know, what I want to be doing, how am I putting myself down? Who am I speaking to? 
Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, you can do that by journaling. You can do that by calling up your friends and saying like, what, what is it that I'm good at? What do you see, you know, as my strengths? You're trying to figure out like, who are you? If you're going to show up and you're going to say, I want to work with you. This is the problem I can solve. This is what I can offer. What are you about? Like, what makes you different? What, you know, why would anybody care? And that sounds so harsh because you're like, I want people to care, but you still have to define all, all of that so that you can approach everything and know, okay, I'm confident to show up on Instagram, on Facebook. And, you know, I know that the first few lives that I do might be terrible, but that's okay because I'm passionate about what I'm doing. Absolutely. And, and the willingness to not start the first one and be like, well, no one showed up. Well, guess yeah. what? Like you gotta have a, a much longer plan than that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. And so then it says you, I really like how you pointed out in terms of solving people's problems, just being aware of what that looks like. So at what point did you start focusing also on photographers in their workshops? So obviously, you know, with brides, you know, you're, you're wanting to check them. How did you, what kind of problems did you have to appeal to, to brides? And then what was that transition like to thinking about things with photographers? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think all along I was building towards like, how do I become a better photographer? And that speaks to both of those groups of people, you know, because I think photographers want to keep getting better and couples and, and people still want to work with good photographers. So, you know, when I look at the couples that I work with, um, you know, the, the things that matter to them, the problems that they have range from, I don't feel comfortable in front of the camera. I don't really know how to schedule my wedding day. What is, you know, what is it going to look like to have pictures taken? I feel nervous. I'm, you know, there's all these things where if you start to open up that door of like, what is it like to have your picture taken? What is it like to plan a wedding? What is it like to have this like really important day and be in the midst of it? What does that feel like? You know, you can start to just have an endless list of things that people think and feel. Um, And then I think when it comes to photographers, it's very similar. Like, how do I stand out? How do I get people to notice me? How do I refine my my brand? How do I, you know, figure out where I should show up? How, how much I should show up? Um, I mean, those are some of the questions they ask. And then the fears are just like, you know, how do I, how do I actually create work that matters? How do I have a meaningful business in life that actually sustains me, you know? So I think to kind of like rewind, like, those transition years for us led to eventually us moving to where we are, which is right outside of Lake Placid, um, New York. And it's a unique place. This is like mountains, lakes. It's gorgeous here. It is a gorgeous area. Yes. It's, it's really fun to live up here and it's great. Like we love raising our kids up here. We never thought we would move here, but that's because it's Matt's hometown and that's a different story. But, um, So when we moved, I was like, you know, I had gone to workshops and I think it's an amazing way to grow that like inner circle of photographers that 
you know, we all need those coworkers, those people who we can talk to and learn from when we're working for ourselves, pretty much Absolutely. by yeah. ourselves. So it's an amazing way to just fast track those connections, get an inside look at what other people do, um, grow up and learn a skill. So I had been to workshops, I had seen kind of the options and I knew that I could basically offer something that was pretty unique and take the things that I liked and didn't like, you know, and kind of craft them into a unique experience up here. So. Yeah. And so what does that workshop look like? Yeah. So now it is, it's basically three days and we get to spend a lot of time together with a small group of people, both working on shooting, creating imagery that is centered around a wedding weekend. Um, and then also going deep on all the business and, you know, that personal work that we're kind of mentioning, you know, who are you? Like, what are you about? And also how should you show up? How do you, how do you market? How do you create connections? How do you have really good client relationships? So we get to do all of that as well. Um, but the, the actual shoot part of it is interesting and unique to me because I use a real couple so that I'm not, you know, bringing in models who don't know each other. And then it's like, they don't, they don't feel, feel comfortable. Real. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Like I want people to walk away with images that like really do speak to real clients that they could connect with. And sometimes that's missing from, you know, a really editorial styled shoot where you're like, that's pretty, but it doesn't really look real. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so this is like real people and it's centered around a wedding weekend so that you can kind of create the story that you need. So if you are not booking weddings that span over more than one day, this will help you do that. Um, you know, like by offering rehearsal coverage and stuff like that, like you're going to get a little bit more than just a couple at a ceremony, you know? Oh, yeah. So that way you actually have some of those images to show people exactly in terms of building their, their portfolio. And that's awesome mm -hmm. that you're doing some of that internal work too, because like that, that's the hardest part I find. It's not so much, you know, how do I use lighting? Cause there are a lot of right. videos and resources like that out there already that help you understand how to use your camera and understand lighting mm -hmm. and composure and setting. But some of that internal work and thinking through what am I worth and how do I charge? That's right. that could, that's a bit harder to do than just, it is. Let, me, let, let me watch one video and walk away with my life figured out, you know? Yeah, for sure. And even with the, like you can YouTube, Google search anything, but you also can learn so much by being in a group of people and seeing how everybody is doing something. And you're going to pick up something from that person next to you shooting in addition to, you know, what else, everything else that's going on. So I think learning by doing is also super powerful, but also having a guide to just, you know, like you said, that confidence that you need in order to pursue your business and your creative dreams, passions, goals, like that's pretty essential. No. And two, cause we know with YouTube, the, the thing is you can't find answers to things that you don't know. So you no, know, YouTube is great <laughs> at searching up 
what you're looking for but if you don't know that you're missing something you can't look for it yes Uh, but when you have someone who is who's there guiding you asking those questions that maybe you haven't thought of then i find it so much easier to actually learn and come up with things you wouldn't have found any other way except for in that group setting yeah that's so true and and so what was that process like of advertising for those workshops and leveraging Mm -hmm. was it a a mixture of email base was it a mixture of yeah. Where, where did you find that base? Was it just a mixture? Yeah, that's a good question. So my first year, I was basically only using social media to get the word out. Um, I would say it was a little bit more tentative and just, a, you know, whenever you start something, you're like, is this going to work? What is this going to be good? So I think I brought that into how I showed up, right? And I had four people come, I broke even, which was great. It was an amazing start, but I've built on that. So once you realized, hey, this is, does actually work. This, yeah, like I am actually doing something different. I can actually, you know, host this and have a great experience for people. So last year we had eight people and this year we have, I think actually just filled my 10th spot today so i'll be full for the year so this is this past year was the first time i really did a mixture of like warming up my audience doing emails doing instagram and you know social media in different ways um but to kind of just give you a brief more clearly defined overview i think what has worked well is having like a whole calendar basically planned or at least kind of thought through where you are giving people the opportunity to join at different times. And you are also like putting boundaries around signing up. Does that make sense? Oh like, yeah. So it's not just sign up between now and August, but there's actually, right. you know, set right. when opportunity exactly. windows. Yeah. So if you, if you have a deadline, you're way more likely to, at least decide if you want to go or if you don't want to go. So I've had multiple deadlines. I've raised the price three different times. I've had, um, you know, different offers. Like my whole goal is to serve people. And so I want them to sign up early and pay less, but if they don't and they want to wait, that's okay too. I'm trying to just put together this experience for everyone who does come. So I, you know, did a series of emails at the, my kind of like warm up phase. And then I closed, um, registration, reopened it for a time at like a little bit higher of a price, did more emails, did more like lives and stuff like that. And, and gave people reasons to talk about it, to know about it. I've also been more strategic with partnerships so that I have other people who are, you know, basically a part of my team oh, and, and just adding to that. Yes. No, that's awesome. What did those partnerships look like? Uh, was it in terms of uh, as a shooter or w- what kind of partners were they? So my film lab is sponsoring and okay. they, I don't think they're going to send someone out this year, but yeah, like in last year they gave people a discount on film and on um, just like, you know, added education as far as what it's like to, because I shoot film and digital, you know, I'm giving people insight into what that world is like, but I don't say you have to, you know, only be like me. You can yeah. do your own, 
your own approach. Okay. Um, so yeah, I have a couple other companies that I haven't like announced the details, but they are going to be giving, yeah, like sharing product or giving people a discount and just kind of making the experience richer than just, you know, by myself. No, absolutely. So I know it kind of, that's, that's, I think it makes sense is that whenever you can partner with people, it makes you seem more legitimate and there's kind of that strength in numbers. So I know don't have very much time here left yet, but you know, what does things look like with, with coronavirus? I know you said earlier as we're talking that you've had at least one wedding be postponed. You mm-hmm. know, what do you think is the big shift and what can people be as they're hunkered down in their homes be doing now that's going to pay off let's say, you know, at the end of the fall or the year, what what are your thoughts and tips there? Right. So like for photographers or businesses, um, I think clarifying who you are and being more confident to show up. Like, I think we all want to connect with people, but a lot of us are afraid to show our faces or show up. So, I mean, I think that's like one of the easiest things you can do is actually show up as a person and allow people to connect with you. Um, so I would start there. The next thing is I would schedule a bunch of virtual coffee dates and get to know people. Like there is no better time to reach out and be like, Hey, I would love to just connect with you. Like maybe it's someone you worked with and you want a better relationship with or someone you don't know. Right. We're all. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good, a point. little bit more available. Uh, available. Yeah. Cause, Cause I've started reaching out to clients and you know, people who I've worked with and just said, Hey, I, Everything is changing. The way we do everything is changing right now. No one is booking any kind of shoots right now. But now is a great time to have a talk about strategy. Just, you know, sending them a link to my calendar yeah. and saying, hey, 30 minutes. And people are because everyone has to rethink everything right now. And people, yes. if you can invite them into a conversation about rethinking things or thinking through how or just hearing what their problems are, I think yeah. people are very much willing to have that conversation. Right. There's like, it's unifying all of us in a way because we all are experiencing it. So we share something in common with people where maybe they would have been like, I have no idea who you are and I have enough stuff going on. Yeah. Now they're like, yeah, things are hard. And I just, I just want to talk about it, you know? Um, so I, I'm just saying like, grow your community as best you can show up and show your face, like listen to people. And if you have something that you can offer to serve them. I've seen a ton of that. And I, I think that's an awesome, you know, way to just help everybody at this time. Um, and my last piece of advice would be to like, give yourself projects, creative projects, do it weekly, do it maybe daily, but push yourself to do something. Maybe it is like writing or it's, you know, in your art, whether it's like, photographing like me or something totally different. But I think that's where we can kind of start to see what is our unique voice or perspective. And, and we can still create awesome work Absolutely. during this time. So. Absolutely. No, I think that's a great tip. We just dr- drop the headphones. Boom. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm so not tech savvy. My um, no sad little mic that I can't use. <laughs> Well, that, that's fine. So now uh, you got to just got to get started somewhere, you know, um, maybe you'll mm-hmm. you'll eventually figure it out and 
and who knows now's a great time to create more more videos or put trainings out mm -hmm. there or, or whatever whatever it might be but no but thanks so much and so for following along i include the links in the show notes to the podcast but i'm assuming just uh what kind of the website instagram what's the best way for people to connect with you, mm -hmm. you know, as you mentioned yeah i would say the constant conversation for me happens on instagram i blog a couple times a month so you can check out you know, my site and see how I do it at marydoherty.com. And I'm at the same name, Mary Doherty, pretty much on Instagram. On Instagram. I guess the, yeah. the great thing about having a somewhat unique name and get started earlier is that you no, know you don't have to <laughs> don't have to have Mary Doherty 85 or something like that. There are like so many ways to pronounce it, though. That's the one hard uh, thing. Okay. It's like, well, it's different I'll, I'll every have time. the link in the show notes, so <laughs> it'll be good. Well, hey, Mary, well, it has been so much fun talking with you. Um, oh, I know. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I know. Ever since, I mean, I obviously knew who you were. You did our engagement shoot. We did, we did that film that video. I think, yeah. when did we do that? 2000, was it 11? 2010? I would I have forget. to look. It was a while but ago. That was a fun one. But it was a fun <laughs> one. And it was hard to believe it was like nine years ago. Um, but it's so great to, and that how, that how much time has passed since then, I think is the, is the crazy part. But it, yeah. it was an absolute blast recording this. I know I had a lot of good takeaways. I'll make sure to uh, you know include them and break it up in, in snippets because everyone has to be doing that internal work themselves right now, figuring out a little more, a little bit more who they are and you know who they're trying to serve and reach. So thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Hope the everything clears up before your workshop uh, in August, hopefully by then. And I know, I guess, keep keep doing this work and uh, I don't know, washing your hands and hope life yeah, yeah. goes staying well home. with We're staying not. home with the kids as this will be a, a year to remember for the history books for sure. Yep. yep. All right, Sounds thank, good. Thanks so much, Mary. All right. Bye. And that wraps up another episode with Mary Doherty. Hope you enjoyed that one. I know I loved being able to reconnect with her and hear a little bit more about how her business has grown and the steps she is taking of growing her photography business. And I also really enjoyed the takeaway in terms of looking at the phases that she built things where in part it was building the base. So whatever that looks like for you today, there is an important aspect of just being able to build up a base that you can speak to and help and coach along the way but then when mary had her first child she just couldn't do as much as she she wanted to at first because having kids does does take time but through the process she realized of doing what was most important and essential for for maintaining her business and that was really just taking really good care of her clients and she was eventually transitioned back a little bit to doing that she mentioned that she wasn't blogging quite as much while she still does that several times a month she doesn't do that quite as much and she focused on what was most important during that time she focused on really raising her prices valuing her time and the work that she does and those are just big key takeaways for all of us that i know at times when we're working we're busy if you're starting off you don't always you, you aren't always as able to value your time quite like you should but when you can make that decision that's when you can really grow and focus on what you want to be doing most I love this episode. It was great talking to Mary. I hope you enjoyed it too. And until next week, stay safe. I, I love to hear how things are going with you. How have you been affected by this, the shut-in, by coronavirus? And how is your business being impacted? And feel free to shoot me an email at just wesley at intermotionmedia.com. And I'd love to hear what's going on and what topics you would love to hear and have as podcast episodes right now. So take care. <laughs>